Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how-tos, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. Today, I am here with my husband, Jesse, and we are going to be talking about sex and marriage. So this isn't something you are super excited to discuss, but... I felt like you guys would like to hear Jesse's perspective because our episodes have done so well. She just loves making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. He's squirming kind of. He's so shy about this stuff, which is fine. But I just – I know it's nice to hear from a woman's perspective, but it's also nice to hear the conversation between the two of us. Um, we want to just give a practical and biblical view of sex because there is this tainted view of sex in the church where it's almost a little bit skewed when people get into marriage because they've been told, no, sex is disgusting. Don't have sex unless you're married. So then you're going into marriage thinking, sex is disgusting, but it's not. It's a gift. But we want to talk about the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. So I think I'll begin, babe, by asking about your perception of sex before you got married because ours were so different, our views of what sex was. And both of our experiences with sex as a whole was very different. So what was your perception of sex before marriage and how has that morphed now as a husband? I think for me, it was just really difficult. I don't even know if it was difficult. It was more of feeling a sense of shame. I Jesse think. was raised in the church with a pastor as a dad, just yes. to let you which, guys know. <laughs> which I loved because yeah. I learned a lot, but we would be more conservative. And because of that conservative background, I think that, uh, you know, for instance, just my brother and sister bringing home dates to the house. It wasn't something that was shown. <laughs> and I showed it a whole lot and I made everyone uncomfortable. Unbeknownst to me, once we got married, they finally told me how uncomfortable I made their family because I showed affection way too much. Which which I loved. I, I do <laughs> love when Lindsay is loving on me and just showing that she cares about me and she, you know, feels that I'm attractive. Yeah. But it made me uncomfortable in those settings when we were dating, just because it wasn't something that was done all the time. And, yeah. and I think I was kind of the icebreaker, your welcome family <laughs> for that. And um, yeah, it, it made things difficult coming into marriage though, because I was a very private and I don't know, like I'm a very private person in general, but that being private as well as PDA and stuff like that, just not being something that was always done publicly in my family, it was difficult for us in marriage yeah. because of that. 
Yeah. And I come from the opposite side of the spectrum where I was far too promiscuous as a teenager. I viewed sex as something that was owed to men, guys, boys. And so coming into marriage, it was really hard to see it as something that was valuable. It was difficult to see it as something that was good and beautiful. And so I've really had to work through my view of sex as a whole in marriage as a good thing and not as a tainted thing. And so I want to begin just by reading 1 Corinthians 7, 4 through 5. It says, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, and that saying, do not deprive one another of sex, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. We both have such different views of sex. So what would you say for people going into a marriage who maybe one is a virgin and one is not, or they both have really bad histories when it comes to sexual experiences? How can they come together to love one another well and come to a place where they enjoy this gift that God has given them? One, if you are embarrassed or uncomfortable with those type of things, I think that the world has painted this picture that, uh, and, and I may have thought this sometimes when I was younger too, is, is the world has painted this picture that it almost seemed like the devil or like evil was what sex was. And that's where it derived from. And, you know, it was like that, that is where temptation and lust and all those things came from and sex, which it's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go to the book of the song of Solomon, like that book, <laughs> is a very it's all about sex it's yeah and it's yeah. and it gives you very vivid pictures i yeah. mean it's almost like those novels that you know girls go <laughs> and pick out at the bookstore the that, pornography novels yeah that's, that's what's the gray one? Oh, Fifty shades of 50, gray it's, yeah that's it's stuff like that pornography. i mean that book is a biblical book but i think it's a beautiful book because it gives a representation of what god is laying foundation for married couples of how joyful this gift is of sex and pleasure and, you know, all these things can be in, inside marriage mm -hmm. and in the right place. And so I, I would encourage you if you're uncomfortable with the topic, you know, read that book. I mean, it wasn't a book that I read until after marriage. It wasn't something that. Really? You had never read I, it before? I had never. Were you embarrassed to read it? No, oh. <laughs> I, I've heard of it. Like yeah. I, I knew stories, obviously from teachings. I, I listened to teachings all the time growing up. And so I've heard it in teachings, but mm -hmm. I've never actually read it myself and studied it myself until we were married. And it was one of those things when you go through it as a married man, I'm like, wow, you, God created sex and he created this to be something pleasing for us and, and a blessing for, for us as people. And, you know, why would he even create it? as a blessing for us. Like, you know, it's not something that we deserve, but it was just cool to see that, you know, God is the author of this. He, mm. he designed it for us to take pleasure and joy in, in our spouse. I mean, okay. So you're mentioning pleasure and I want to touch on that because 
I think a view of this is often that sex is made for having babies and that's the extent of it. And it's so much more than that. And I, I think that it's very difficult sometimes for women to experience pleasure in sex. A lot of the time more difficult than men, but sometimes that's not the case. I've spoken to many women who have reached out and said, I have a much higher sex drive than my husband, or he doesn't seem to enjoy it as much as I enjoy it. How can a couple come together and experience <laughs> Jesse's blushing already? I just, I've never heard of a guy not enjoying it. No. So these stories are very yeah. No, I mean it does happen. <laughs> I think it depends. It so it depends so much on the person, and I want to get to the emotional state of someone in a little bit. But there are women who desire it far more, and so then they feel insecure because their husband doesn't want it. I, I think that. The underlying factor there is communication. Mm -hmm. I know between us and most of, I mean, we did premarital counseling before we got married. I mean, we've been in extensive studies on this, this topic. And I think that it's it's always a communication issue. And and if not a communication issue, it's an acting issue of Mm -hmm. this is something that God designed for a man and a woman. And just like that verse you read earlier, we need to be there for our spouse, you know, sexually as mm-hmm. well. And um, there's time for them to agree, like as the verse states. But yeah. I think there's also times when you just have to push through it and be physical and love on each other and and be there for each other uh, sexually. And it brings a blessing I think on your marriage. And I think if he's more emotional, which I think sometimes I can lean more on the emotional side, depending Mm -hmm. on where I'm at in life, you know, maybe he wants to feel more desired by his wife. Maybe he wants to feel pursued by his wife. Maybe he's missing that pursuit. Again, if you go to Song of Solomon, like the way that book starts off is prior to marriage. They were in deep desire of each other and they the were butterflies talking. and the passion yeah, and the excitement. Like, this is the one I, I love everything about him. And he was like, I love everything about her. There's mm-hmm. like this part where he's comparing her to a palm tree and yeah. like fruits up top. And he's like, I'm going <laughs> to climb that tree. Like he's excited. And I think that it's very every, erotic. Every guy internally is like, yeah, yeah, like that's, that's what they want. But I think depending on where we're at in life, we can be more emotional, regardless of whether a man wants to say it or not. Sometimes we do want to feel pursued just like a woman does, or we're busy with work or busy with other things going on in our mind. And we need to communicate those things to our wives and figure out like, hey, how can we you know, sneak this in. There's parts of that book where I'm like dead certain that he was talking about like, you know, just having a quickie or something with his wife. Again, this <laughs> is appropriate. This is within marriage. <laughs> yeah. And, and they move forward from that. And I think that it's all about communication. Well, and that's a good point too. And I want to touch on this because obviously the majority is usually women don't find pleasure in sex as often or as much as men do. And I think it's for a lot of reasons, but typically it is a mindset. A lot of the time, if we're not feeling pursued, if we don't feel beautiful, if we don't feel loved, it's difficult to get into that state of mind with our spouse. The communication is huge. And I find that, that when I'm in a weird funk and emotional state, like recently for the past couple of months, I've been 
just in a really weird place in my life. I feel super discontent with my body. I feel super discontent with myself. I feel really sad all the time. And I've been working through that through prayer and counseling and talking Jesse's head off about it all. But in that, it makes it really hard for me to show any sort of affection because realistically, I'm just in a very selfish place in my life of just trying to figure out what is going on with me. And so it causes me to retract a little bit. And if you're not there in your mind, it can be really difficult to get there physically and to experience that pleasure. And that's where that communication comes in. I love that the Bible gives us a way to communicate to our spouse that we're not in the place for it. Like, yes, take time away in prayer, but agree to that. That's even convicting to my heart of just saying, hey, I'm not in a place right now where I feel like I can just be all there for you and give you kisses when you come home. And and I just need you to show that to me and not to use this as a justification for not responding with love, but that I will do so, but I just need you to show a little extra effort because I'm struggling. But also when you come together and agree like, hey, let's come together and talk about this and say, we're going to take a break for this long so that we can be in prayer, so we can seek the Lord, but then we come back. And that, ladies, is so important because you don't want to justify being separated from your husband for long periods of time. You don't want to justify your behavior like, oh, I just feel disgusting, or I don't want you to look at me naked because I'm gross, or I just am so tired all the time. And using the same excuses over and over and over again while your marriage really begins to dissolve because we see it. If we're not intimate, if we're not affectionate, if we're not sexually intimate, the emotional side is affected hardcore. And so if you do choose to take a break, come to your spouse or allow them to come to you and you make that agreement, but you set a quick date to come back and say, no, we're going to continue fighting for this for our marriage. And I'm going to stop making excuses because I know how much it strengthens us emotionally. And it's crazy. Like, What do you say when we take time away? It's like we're more irritable with each other. We're more quick to think the worst of each other. Like it's just not this closeness. And then when we are intimate and affectionate, we're such better friends. Yeah. And I I think just to kind of piggyback off of that, I think that's a great point. But one thing that I was convicted by, and, and honestly, I just think I need to apologize to you and ask for your forgiveness is... One thing that they're so good about in the Song of of Solomon is because the story is like the beginning before they're married, when they're married, and then later on in marriage. And there's even points where it goes to her just having nightmares about losing her her spouse, her her love and her husband. And, And it was brought up just because she's kind of forgotten that love, forgotten that place that they used to be in when they were dating. Mm. But- what? I'll always remember, sorry, really quickly, I'll always remember we were at Don't Forget Your Thought. We were at a movie theater and we were just had just started dating and we had the butterflies and like that, oh my gosh, I can't be away from you. We talk on the phone 24 hours a day feeling and someone sat with us and said, you have those butterflies, don't you? I miss that. I've been married for so and so years and I just miss that so much. And I was thinking like, I never want this to go away. I want to fight for that forever. But I mean, as the depth of your love grows, you lose that a little bit. And so that's what you're referencing is like when that passion fades and 
you kind of like get into the mundane moments of life, you lose that a little bit. Well, and, and I think, yeah, it's easy to get caught up in those things. But one of the things that I really respected and grew to appreciate throughout the book was just the affirmation that they were both giving each other. And that was something that was such a, a key point into what I felt is going through it is it almost puts you in a place of how his affirmation and love for his spouse gave her comfort mm-hmm. to love on him. And I think both for the guy and for the girl, whether you guys want to admit it or not, the way you feel about yourself can definitely affect your sexual life. Take that example and say, you know what, I want to just continually like encourage my spouse and show them how attractive you still think that they are and, you know, the things that you do love about them. And I think, you know, kind of circling back to the emotional aspect, they both do that in the book and bring each other back to those emotions. And as they're affirming their spouse, their spouse feels comfortable mm-hmm. and safe. is in pursuit again mm-hmm. and is like, yeah, it's, you know, you're my safe place and shoot, I can feel comfortable around you now. And I just think that that's so important between both of you is to make sure that you are uh, making each other feel loved and and feel like you're pursuing them. And I think a lot of that comes back to knowing love languages and knowing we've talked about this before and joked about this before that love languages consistently change. And if you know like, okay, right now in this season of life, my husband wants to be praised verbally, words of affirmation, and he wants to be served. He's flexing at me. (laughs) He's been going to the gym. I did compliment you. I said, I loved how you look in the stands. She wasn't supposed to say anything. I was just trying to make her laugh. (laughs) But if it's like acts of service, words of affirmation, then make sure that you're loving in that way as well. And this is even if you don't want sex, even if you're not interested in it, even if you don't actually enjoy it, let God change that for you. Prayer about sex is a good thing. Like asking God to enjoy your sex life, asking God to enjoy your spouse, asking God to rid your mind of your past memories, and then also communication about what you like. And so this is going there a little bit, but if you don't tell your spouse what you don't like, they're never going to know. They're going to think, oh, this is working. But if you aren't afraid to say, Hey, this is something that we should try, even though it's embarrassing. I get it. Like some people do not feel comfortable enough to have those conversations, but you can do it after you've been intimate, a time when you guys are enjoying one another and having a good day and saying, this is nothing against you. This is nothing to put you down, but I need you to know what I like so that we can grow in this area of our lives. And It is so crucial to the health of your marriage. There's a reason that is a biblical calling for you to not refrain from having sex with your spouse. So communication is key. Talk about the things you like, the things you don't like. Next is a mutual submissiveness. And so I want to go there because the Bible says that the wife does not have authority over her own body, which means like you don't have authority over your own body as a spouse and your husband doesn't have authority over his body. But that is also followed by Ephesians 5.33 that says, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So if love and respect are at the top of the 
list or at the top of your priorities when it comes to sexuality, then love and respect will pour out. And so I think that mutual submissiveness is if there's something that makes you feel really uncomfortable because you have a bad history or that you just do not like, voice that to your spouse. And they're to respect that because they love you. And if they come to you with something that makes them uncomfortable that they don't want to do, just try to find either a compromise or something else that is satisfying to both of you so that there isn't that discomfort because there needs to be mutual respect. Okay. And then choosing your spouse over yourself means no pressure or discomfort. This is an area that sometimes (laughs) Jesse struggles with a little too much and feeling like if he's pursuing me and I'm kind of distracted that if he tries even a little bit further than he's pressuring me and that's because he's a good man and he loves me. But sometimes I'm like, no, I was just a little distracted. That didn't mean you have to stop pursuing me and loving on me and kissing me. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> can, can you explain? Yeah. Like you, you're, Expand, you're, you're really cautious about not making me feel uncomfortable. But sometimes I'm like, it's okay to be aggressive. I've given you that permission. It's okay to like push a little bit because I want that. And sometimes I am distracted or I am tired and I am making excuses. But if you try one time and then walk away, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he's not super interested. But you want to honor me and not making me feel disrespected. And so what's the balance there? I mean, I don't really know what the balance is. <laughs> I mean, in in my mind, if you're asking me, there there's no balance. It's literally just a man should and must respect a woman. I, I mean, so for me, it's like I, I never want to cross that line or mm-hmm. even um, I don't even have a desire, to be honest with you, to ever push the line on like force or right. being too aggressive or right. something. It's just not it's, it's not just my not who character. You are. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't really and know that's what the balance your is. Wife. It's more yeah. of, I think going back to the communication aspect, I want to feel pursued. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think for me, it's just not really knowing where that line is and I don't ever want to. Well, I respect I, that so much. I mean, I would rather you err on the side of caution than err on the side of aggression and making me feel uncomfortable because you never have. And I think that's important. I mean, I know that is brutally important. One word that we said was safe. And I think when we make one another feel safe in our small intimacies together, in hugging and kissing and talking and communication and us sitting and listening to one another is huge. But Men are, it's just easier for them, I think, to get there, to be ready and willing. And for women, it's, I always say, women are like crockpots. It takes time. It takes time to build them up, to be in a place where they feel safe and comfortable and ready a lot of the time. And sometimes it doesn't have to be that. It and, doesn't and have I, to be a whole process. But, it can be just quick and fun and exciting and spontaneous. That is super healthy for your marriage too. But But, I also think, again, that goes back to what I was talking about earlier is just the affirmation part, which I think for guys, we can easily, you know, it takes us a split second to just get in the mood of something that, what what does Jim Gaffigan say? He's like something, we do the one thing that we think about 24-7 and that's our contribution to society society and and birth (laughs) um, after all a woman does. But um, it's easy for us to just get in the mood very easily and... I think that 
we fail. And, and that's what I was kind of just going apologizing for earlier is, is we can easily fail on not constantly encouraging our spouse on how beautiful we think they look or how hot they look or when we're checking them out and we're not saying anything, especially if you're someone like me that was brought up in an atmosphere where, you know, we don't necessarily say those things. things. We say them in our mind Mm -hmm. and I expect you to just know that I feel that way because we're married and that's not always the case. And so I, I think it, it just constantly goes back to communicating all of these things that we're talking about right now. And I, I don't necessarily, so one thing that I want to talk about that I don't necessarily know if you were expecting this podcast to go to, (laughs) but um, something you said earlier has just been stirring in my mind. And Mm -hmm. I just want to know why is it that you felt like it was something you owed? You said when you were dating and you just thought this was something that you owed men and it was a completely different atmosphere Mm -hmm. for you like PDA and all these other things why did you feel that way what caused you to be in that place yeah you're gonna make me what changed that um what what let's start from the beginning (laughs) yeah um what started that was just sexual abuse as a 14 year old and it not being dealt with or handled made me feel like it wasn't wrong. And 14 felt so old. I felt like such an adult. And now I look back and I see my niece who's 14 years old and it makes me sick to my stomach to think that something like that could happen to her. Um, like you were that young. Yeah. I was so yeah. young. I, I had no, I knew nothing. And so anyway, I think because it wasn't dealt with because I was nervous for it to be dealt with. I took it on as it wasn't really wrong. And so then I just got into very quick relationships where I immediately felt as if I owed it to them and that I had to do it in order for them to stay with me. Because if they didn't do it, then what was my worth? Like, why would they stick around? Because that's what I was told. So everyone deserved. Before you knew or had a relationship with Jesus, your mindset was my duty. Yeah, and I hated it. I hated it so much. I thought it was disgusting and repulsive. Like I truly hated it. And like what, like did you feel like you were were good? good? Did you feel like you were good because you were doing these things? No, not good. I would cry all the time. It was was such a twisted thing as I look back, but – it was just, it felt like an obligation and I thought they would stay. I think it wasn't so much I was good. It wasn't anything. It was just they'll stick around and it wasn't enjoyable for me. Like the amount of tears that came from those moments were really hard. And so coming into marriage, I've had to shift. And I know that so many women, you guys, I have so many friends who have had to shift because of sexual abuse or because of a promiscuous past or because of their perception from the perception of the church and sexuality. And I, I just struggled a lot, to be honest. I, I really had to morph my mind into not being like an entertainer, into not being somebody who just did it for the sake of having to, but that I was 
affectionate and intimate because I loved you and because it was a good thing and because it was healthy and because God called me to love you above myself, which sometimes meant dying to myself in moments when I didn't want to. And I think, I mean, it comes, it's for both of us. Like there's days where Jesse's exhausted from work and I'm exhausted from work and it's like, but we know that this will help. It's not always easy. And just like anything in marriage, it takes effort and it takes a fight to do it. But the more I believe, the more you do it, the more you communicate, the more you choose to enjoy it and you choose to see it in the way that God created it to be, the more enjoyable, the more you want to, the more fun and spontaneous. And those moments, that those are the sweet seasons that are so good for our marriage. Yeah, it seems like for someone that came out of something like that and with a past, it's easy for us to uh, feel almost shameful and condemning ourselves too. And I mean, you you obviously want to, like just to remind you guys that are listening out there, like First John 1, 9 is if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of everything. And Mm -hmm. if you are getting married and you've had a promiscuous past, like you're talking about, or if you've had a twisted mindset, while you're dating or prior to to marriage outside of what God has purposed for our lives, like ask God for forgiveness and move forward with a clear conscience and knowing that, you know, hey, I can freely enjoy these things now and I mm-hmm. can freely, you know, just, learn to just love enjoy my, my body spouse. again. I can learn to love my spouse. I can learn to show my spouse, my body. I agree. I think that's a huge part of it too, is our confidence that if we don't have confidence in ourselves, we feel as if we can't show ourselves to our spouse. But would you say when we're feeling so disgusting, like when I'm feeling gross and I'm like, ugh, I'm gross. Why would you even want to touch me? But you're pursuing me. How does that make you feel? Well, it's because I'm seeing you through a different lens. Yeah. I mean, everyone hears this is you're your worst critic yeah. as I am to myself and you are to yourself, but I'm not seeing you through that lens of what you're thinking of, oh, I'm disgusting or I'm this or I'm that, or I'm seeing you through like you're beautiful, you are attractive, you are all of these things and I'm pursuing you and I'm not seeing you in that way. And so it can be frustrating because I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what? and then you, you can easily get into this downward spiral. Yeah. Too, you at get the same in your time. head. Yeah. You get in your head and you're thinking. Satan uses that just like it says, if you don't set time apart biblically, and if you're just saying, no, I'm gross. No, I'm tired. No, he gets a foothold. And that means that he's taking hold of your marriage friends. Like he's holding on and getting a grip on something that is God's and that God has purposed. And so when you allow him in, he has come to seek, kill, and destroy, and he wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to kill your sex life. And so you have to be vigilant and be on offense and defense of that and just be aware that that is something that can really affect marriages. I mean, look at affairs, look at pornography, look at a lot of that and not excusing it or justifying it in any way. But a lot of that begins because people are not sexually satisfied in their marriages and God has called us to be obedient. So let's get to the fun part on how to spice up your sex life. Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) One, 
change the pattern or the time of initiating sex. If you are always tired at night, why are you waiting until the night to have sex? If you wake up in the morning and you have kids, set an alarm at 5.30. I shared on an episode on my past podcast that if you wake yourself up in the middle of the night and you set an alarm for 2.30 in the morning, that will make your spouse super excited to wake them up like that. But if you are always having the same issue of being tired or it just not being the right time, then change the time. Change that pattern to make it better. Next, foreplay is a good and necessary thing. Let's talk about it. <laughs> what is foreplay? Why? Okay, do we, we don't like even it? need to talk about this. She's trying to embarrass me here, but I'm just going to straight up teach you guys and we're going to go to the Bible. I don't even need to talk and give my opinion. You're still going to blush reading it. Okay. It says, how beautiful you are and how pleasing my love with your delights. Your stature is like that of the palm and your breasts are like clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree. (laughs) I mean, clearly... God is insinuating that this is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, and it helps to get to that place. Like there are moments, like I said before, where spontaneity is fun and good, but there are also times when we need to approach one another. So find out what your spouse likes. Like I love just as affection as a whole, my head being rubbed. I am like a dog where I will just move my head in as many directions as I can to get him to scratch my whole head because it feels so, so good. And that just like, it's a little weird. (laughs) It's it's, it's a little weird, but I love it. And it softens me and just makes me feel safe. And I keep using that word probably because I never felt it before marriage and before Jesse, he makes me feel fully and completely safe. And if there's something in your relationship that does not feel that way, I would encourage you to go with your spouse to the Bible and look up Ephesians 5, read through Ephesians 5 and see what is missing. What is it in your marriage that doesn't have love or doesn't have respect and work through those things so that you can get to a healthier place. Okay. Next is Even if you're not a touchy-feely person, increasing physical affection and emotional attunement can help you to sustain a deep, meaningful bond. Okay, so give an example, babe, of a time when you're not feeling touchy-feely because you're not super touchy-feely. We've even had issues where I thought when we were dating, you didn't love me because you didn't hold my hand one time. Do you remember that? (laughs) I'm just very respectful. (laughs) Okay. In the car. I was so sad, but he just didn't even think about it. So when you do increase physical affection, even though it's not something you're totally comfortable with, how does that help you to feel closer to me? Um, I I don't know. There's something about it. I think just human touch in general does something to you. And so when I do do find (laughs) myself- When I find myself doing that to you or just, you know, rubbing your shoulders when we're standing at a... Even though it's not natural for you. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes it is. Yeah. And, you know, I'm walking up to you and just like rubbing your shoulders or something or hugging you or mm. whatever it is that you find is extra. <laughs> I I feel like I notice in those times, it's just something about being with someone that does something mentally Mm -hmm. to us. And I think it changes the dynamic a little bit. 
between both of us. Yeah. And so those little details, and we'll close quickly with this, but those little details of sending text messages during the day, not being shy to send a picture and make sure that only your spouse will get it, send a photo or send a text like really cute, buy a new outfit for a date night. Just have fun with one another. Get out of your head, which I know is easier said than done, but I think so much of that is prayer and praying for the Lord to rid your mind of the stigma against sex in your marriage and to replace it with a joy and a desire for your spouse because they love you. They desire you. God wants you to have sex in your marriage. God calls, commands. It's not an option for you to have sex in your marriage. So spice it up text messages, touching, foreplay, kissing, well, and, telling and in, one another sweet things. And investing in each other. Rent a hotel. Let's go rent an Airbnb and hang out. Let's go do things together. And that one-on-one -on -one time, whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids, is so crucial in your marriage. You need to invest in each other. Yeah. And it's so important that investing in each other, the communication with each other, and if you have vital. Yes. And if you have kids who sleep in your bed, because I can hear some of you saying, I co-sleep, this is never gonna happen. I have a friend, <laughs> I will not name names, who co-sleeps, and she and her husband will literally, while the kids are watching TV, she's braver than me. While the kids are watching TV, she will drag her husband into the room, lock the door, and snip snap, make it happen just to show him she loves him. It's the middle of the day. And it's fun. Like it's, it is exciting for them. It's spontaneous. It's enjoyable. So there are times when it will happen. If there are not times in your marriage, if you're thinking right now, this is not a possibility in my life. Something needs to change. Something is wrong. You need to move toward a biblical perspective, which is that your marriage comes before your children. And I, I think that's so important just to touch on that. Making time for your spouse. I, I see and hear so many couples all the time talking about how stuff like this is not practical. Yet the husband can go buy a new truck or he can go hunting 24/7 or he can go to you know go play gym. video games 24/7 or yeah. play a gym 24/7 or you know whether it's sports, golfing, like you know what I mean? there's so many things that the guy invests in and the woman invests in, whether it's shopping, whether it's her going hair to, and nails her hair and brows nails, and lashes, all <laughs> these different things. I just feel like in our day and age, if you want to make that happen, you can both make sacrifices. Say, hey, I'm not going to go spend time with the boys watching this game this weekend and you're not going to do this. And instead, we're going to we'll budget that money. Yeah, yeah. we're going to budget that money. We're going to invest in hiring a babysitter. So we can go have dinner together so we can. And have sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Throw that Good in there. Sex. But yeah. investing into your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, we love you guys. We hope that this encouraged you and didn't make you feel guilty. I want to really touch on that. It is not to guilt you. Jesse and I, I just shared at the beginning of this, like I have just struggled a lot. There have been a lot of moments of sanctification for me and 
if you have dealt with an affair in your marriage, if you have dealt with struggles of pornography in your marriage, if you, there are things that really, really cause a struggle in this. But whether it's the male who wants sex or the female who wants sex, there is redemption in Jesus. There is reconciliation in Jesus, but you have to seek it. You have to fight for it and not allow Satan to get a foothold there by just saying, well, my husband, my wife screwed up. She had an affair. My husband watched porn. I'm not going to give him this. I'm not going to offer him this. That is exactly what Satan would want for your marriage. What God wants is reconciliation and restoration. So don't be afraid, I say it again and again, to talk to a counselor. Don't be afraid to share with friends together as a couple so that you can have people praying for you and holding you accountable. That is what community is for. Guys, climb the palm tree, take (laughs) a hold of its fruit. It's biblical. Get at it. Ew, I don't like that. Okay. (laughs) It's biblical. Um, yes, but anyways, we really do hope this encourages you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't be embarrassed because sex isn't embarrassing. Take a screenshot, tag Living Easy Podcast, and let us know what you thought. Share it with friends who may need to hear it, that sex is a good thing. Sex is a God thing. Sex is for your marriage. Love you guys. See you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.myestis. Love you guys.